and welcome back to the program. <laughs> welcome back to Elite Football Show. My name is Hader and I'm your host as usual today. Transfer <laughs> deadline day. May United have had a difficult transfer window. So we're here just to do a quick sort of roundup and we're going to talk about a few things. Obviously, it's Paulie's funeral today because Paulie actually said that Sancho is going to sign. Paulie, why didn't you um, come out from your coffin and come and speak to the listeners a little bit but uh <laughs> he's wearing a suit for his funeral as well so make sure guys you like and subscribe because this is paulie's funeral but paulie look talk to us about Jaden sancho because you had a theory mate and uh look i wanted you to be right everyone wanted you to be right because it means we get Jaden sancho and i would happily have sat here and listened to you gloat in my face and everyone else's faces about this but look mate you got it wrong didn't you let me start by saying the amount of the lack of people gloating at me on Twitter is very refreshing because had I gotten it right, I would not have been that reserved. I would have been gloating a lot more than people are gloating at me. So I hope I, you've learned then, Paulie. I hope you've learned some I'm, humility. So I'm next time you get a chance to write, good. Because I can't um, be asked to go up your tweets. I'm too depressed, mate. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it's. Everything about this said this deal was going to happen. Everybody that I spoke to um, who is connected to football, it's all on the player side, and everybody was saying this will happen. Like the player wants it, the team wants him, uh, the move, the, the the club is keen, the player's keen, the the we know that the club has wanted him for over a year now. We knew that it, he like last year was McGuire, this year is Jaden Sancho in terms of Solskjaer's priorities. We knew that you know the club was happy with Ali and they wanted to back him. And how can you do if you're going to back him? You have to give him his number one guy. Um, there were a lot of reports in June, July, basically that said if United finish in the Champions League, then Sancho is as good as done. And then it just didn't happen. You know, every single thing said this move was going to happen. And right down to the fact that like three days ago, United still weren't giving up on it. Like it, it was still, uh, they're, they're, you, they knew this is the guy that their manager needs. This, this is the guy. And they weren't moving on from it. They refused to make, to say that it's done. Sancho was sitting out. Uh, he wasn't training with, with the team. Yeah, but poorly, poorly, but like, why do you think it's not happened? Oh, we don't have money. That was that's think the it's purely thing. the money. Do you I really think it's, think it's the money situation? Because we've gone, Kieran, we've gone and spent 30 million euros on a what 18-year-old that's played a handful of games. We have gone and put a lot of money down for Cavani. Cavani's obviously confirmed. We've put um obviously money down for Telez. There's definitely one more transfer that's gonna come in. It looks like it's gonna be Dembele, but mate, there's clearly money there. Smalling looks like he's gonna be out, but what if United go and spend, let's say, sixty million on a centre back now? Then what's the excuses? Yeah, look, I, it's 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 an interesting one. When Paulie says they they don't have the money, is like I don't know if they have the money available to actually get a Sancho deal done because at the end of the day, Dortmund are being are kind of being gung ho and they're saying we're not selling them unless we get one hundred and twenty million upfront. And like I said last week, I don't think any team, maybe except for Man City or PSG, can afford that. So it makes sense. The other thing that people need to remember is we don't know if this um, Traore deal, if that money is coming out of the first team budget or if it's for the academy. Because the academy, 
every year you see them spend quite a lot of money. Last year they spent a lot on Hannibal Maysbury. Now, a lot of the signings that have been confirmed so far haven't been for huge amounts of money. Now, I know there was the rumor of the kid from Partizan, but again, there's been nothing that's actually backed that up to say if it's actually happened, and that was 10. But it wouldn't surprise me if some of this money from for the Traore deals come from the budget for kind of bringing up the U team as well. Because again, when he joins in January, he's not going into the first team. He's going to go into probably the under-23s for a couple of games. And then if there's an FA Cup gamer here or there, he'll probably come in. And then you'll probably see him being integrated the following year. But that's a problem, Mark, isn't it? That we, we look like we've done some sensible business when it comes to uh you know sort of i guess trare could be one for the future palestri looks like another one that could be coming in but we need we need players now mark we need this is a problem man united and this is what you saw on the weekend we've got a spurs fans here holly yes hi holly how are you uh not common we use spurs but you have that situation where united's first 11 isn't good enough i know we've got some quality in there but you need players to come in who are going to replace the ones that aren't good enough in that first 11 because then those players then become squad players your squad becomes better stocking stockpiling on yes some fantastic young talent unproven young talent and stocking up on loads of squad players again is exactly the problem we've got we can't get rid of romero or we we want to sell him not loan him and everton obviously are interested we've just about just got rid of smalling was taken all summer phil jones is stuck here rojo's stuck here there's too many players isn't there on big wages lingard's another one that we can't shift and i'm not saying that these young players coming in are the same but we need more quality going straight into that first 11 don't we we need sancho's we need upamacanos we need tellers we need people like that cavani's a good signing in my opinion it's not really good enough, is it? I mean, it's a failure of a window that we haven't got Sancho. Yeah, it's been an incredibly disappointing window, isn't it? Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, whilst it's good to invest in in the youngsters, uh, we do need to get ready-made, fresh, world-class talent to come into the team. I think that was proven again at the weekend. Whilst we've said many times, you know, it's 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 just baffling how defensively last season we were very good and for some reason we're we're obviously going through some sort of you know negativity we're just we look awful we've lost martial now uh, from the sending off so obviously i know we bought cavani in i actually agree with you i think it's a good signing um he was on 310,000 he's only taken 200,000 here so it's not only 200k not not that much but, no, 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 you know what i mean switch to in, like in... yesterday's game i can only i'm very mad about that but i'm also very mad about this and i can only be mad about one thing at a time we'll do it in a sec for we'll go <laughs> that, to yesterday's game go that, on, mark Carry that on. must be that must be a male thing because we can only focus on one thing at a time but um yeah uh, it's 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 been drawn out it's been honestly after saturday i mean fortunately this weekend i think all of you are already aware i've been moving out and i didn't really get to see much of the game i didn't get to see much of twitter until the last half an hour when i've been trying to catch up you didn't miss much, and, mate. and to be honest yeah I, honestly i I, I hated the house move this weekend, but it was a lot more fun than this rubbish that's been going on. So um, it is, um, you know, we're proven time and time again that we are not good. We, um, I think Gary Neville said something today that, um, you know, you, you can tell the teams that are, are not, the clubs that are not run well when they're buying several players on deadline day. We knew about maybe not so much Cavani, but we knew about Tellers. We were trying to haggle, trying to get him down to something stupid. We knew about Cavani as well, mate. We knew, we knew, we knew about, about Cavani. Cavani. You're absolutely right. But whether or not we went in for him, you know, 
re until recently um and it just goes to show that we we are awful and and I, i'm still i said to the boys back backstage before i'm still hopeful that something and i know we've just seen sort of on twitter that um dembele may still come without a medical which to me is absolutely well then that means thing. it's alone yeah well, it'll be alone yeah yeah. Well, they they were discussing apparently, according to Sport, discussing terms for us to buy him without a medical, um, and they're trying to flash out a deal. So that that would to me, I don't know how if that is actually um, feasible, but um, that to me, for someone that has been injury prone, would be a crazy thing to do to me. But um, I'm still, I, I still, and I'm saying to the gents before this, I know maybe not Sancho. I would love to say it, but well, I Sa still... Santos is hoping, hoping. He's saying, look, the optimist, op optimist in me will go in, feels will go in for Sancho. I can't even read, right? I can't even speak. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so yeah. angry. I mean, like going on to Paulie, I'm angry. I'll tell you why I'm angry. You know, and me and Kieran have been arguing on the, on the group chat because I said, this is the worst window we've ever had. And I know player-wise it's not because Cavani, we'll talk about Cavani in a bit, guys, to so keep your comments coming. But I know Cavani's a... I think I know Cavani's a good player. I like him. I like the fact we signed him. But Paulie, we spent all summer going for Sancho. And it's not even like this is just this year. He was our target last year. And we spent all summer wasting our time. I would just respect the club so much more if you turn around and said, look, we can't afford 120 million euros. It's COVID. We've just lost 110 million from our revenue, or match day revenue. Understandable. We spent a lot of money last year. Wambasaka's money came out this year, half of it. Obviously, Bruno's money came out of the summer budget, like everyone was saying. Maguire was 80 million up front last year. These are all massive transfers. And that's understandable. When you get 110 million knocked off your balance sheet, that's a huge amount. Doesn't matter what size club you are. But at the end of the day, they've dragged it on and on and on. Anyone could have told you that this was going to happen. Anyone could have said to you, Dortmund put up put a deadline and Dortmund were never going to budge on the last dates because they still got to go and get a man. I know they could probably get Sarah or someone like that quickly, but poorly, like this is a failure. doesn't matter who comes in now. It's a failure, isn't it? Of course it's a failure. You want to know? I mean, Sancho was like a target last summer, but he wasn't, it wasn't realistic. They didn't, you know, like you can't spend 80 million on Maguire and then turn around and, and spend a hundred million on Sancho. It was always, oh, we're interested, but like we're gonna make a move for him next year. Plus, at 19 years old, he had had one good year in the Bundesliga. You probably want to watch him do that again before spending outlaying a huge amount of cash on someone. And he went and did it again. So now you're now you're doing it. Obviously, you and me and Mark and Kieran and United fans the world over would prefer the club to sit here and say, you know what? It's COVID. We don't have, you know, we would have had the money for Sancho, but it's COVID we, because we lost all this match day revenue. We're, we can't afford it. They can't say that because like it or not, and we have said this a million times over, the Glazers are businessmen. They run the club as a business and they have a responsibility to the shareholders. What will happen if they come out and say, we don't have money. Share prices will go and down. That, so yeah. so all summer, they have just been buying time because in August, we didn't know what the deal was going to be. We didn't know our fans going to be coming back. At one point, it looked like we were going to get some back in October. And then that went the other way. So, but, uh, you know, so they were just buying time, buying time, trying to stave off the inevitable. Maybe Dortmund will come down in their price. If not, we'll spend the money, except it's come out today when they won't spend the money. They don't have it. And that's what it comes down to. And that's why today you're seeing the share price go. Pfft. 
and, and the thing is, Kieran, is Paulie makes some fantastic points. And that's that's the point, is it? United actually don't have the money. Obviously, I've done a, a podcast with Kieran Maguire very early on in the transfer window. Paulie's read his book. United's figures are shocking for a big club. And they, they're suffering from a legacy of bad deals that happened under LVG, under Jose. They're still paying for those deals. And, and that's the thing. I think people... I, what I'm frustrated about, right, is not so much we didn't get Sancho. It's more the fact that we waited all summer and we have one. Okay, now we've got three signings in. Okay, fair enough. But the fact of the matter is that we could have. There's there's some good quality out there. There's some good players out there that United could have scouted and brought in for much less than what what we were wanting with Sancho. And that's the problem, isn't it? We know the money situation is bad, and I think fans forget this that United's money situation. We can't go and do a Chelsea, and that one of the reasons is because the Glazers won't go and give a loan to the club, a low interest loan. And that's a problem in itself. And we can talk about the ownership later. But Kieran, you know, that is a problem, isn't it? That United now, okay, we've got Teles, we've got Cavani, Amatriore, Pellistri looks like a good signing. We've got a podcast coming out tomorrow, guys, which is with a South American journalist. He's very, speaks very highly of him. Could be one more as well. Could be Dembele. On the whole, then it looks okay. But why have we waited till the last day? Because Dembele is a massive risk. Yeah, look, we waited till the last day, and I think we've said this before, because we don't have football people making footballing decisions. So a lot of these deals could have been done. The first, If you look back, even with some of the players that we have signed, okay, yes, we were in for Regulon at the same time as being in for Telas. That's kind of the same situation as we had with Lukaku Murata. They were going to get one or the other. The issue is that United thought they could save a couple million here or there because he was running out of his contract. So that delayed. If that happened three or four weeks ago when it was first reported and it was done, I think everybody's hyped about that deal and everybody's happy. But like I, I tweeted out today, United suck the joy out of most transfers because of how long it takes. The other one, when you talk about Palestri and you talk about Traore, they've been scouted for a while. So I'm, I'm fine with those. But leaving it all until now is an issue because it shows that the planning for the overall window just isn't there. If they were waiting to see if they could get Sancho, you need to have a cutoff date and just say, okay, it's not happening. We need to move on. But they didn't do that. And that goes down to whoever has to plan this, the transfer. I don't blame the manager or anything for this because he puts his targets. He says who he wants. He gives a plan what A, if B, or C. Are, what if the reports are true that it went from Solskjaer to Woodward Judge and the bid was, th- you know, the negotiations with Dortmund were, right. were done and then it went to Joel Glazer and he has to sign off on it and now and you're just waiting off. for him to sign off. Like at what, you know, then, you know, United are saying, all right, we're, we're, we are going to pony up the money to get our number one target. And it's just the owner saying, like, the owner not saying yes, but not saying no either. But if, then if, I can. If, if Glazer had said no, do you think they would have moved on? Probably. Yeah, but then I can go back and say that there was also another report that came out that said that the deal was initially basically done with Dortmund. And then Ed Woodward tried to get better try to get a better deal and then pissed off Dortmund. And that that's something I can believe with because you can see Absolutely how joke. pissed off Dortmund are. Yeah, so, they are. They're, they're not yeah. United. They, that's why. If, yeah, if the United so, had kept good faith, then they probably would have sold. If United put the money up, or even a little bit less, they probably would have sold. But as a matter of principle and the way that the Germans deal with their transfers, they have every right to turn around to Edward and tell him to go and do one. It's yeah, embarrassing. Exactly. Exactly, and that's that's the issue. It's not so much the players we brought in, because if you look at it single-handedly, I actually understand each of the players we brought in. The reason why this will be a failure is because, like Paulie said, 
the main transfer target for the whole summer was Jaden Sancho. Now, if you back in August said, we can't get him, and you move on to somebody else, just like you see what Liverpool did, where they initially, I think, wanted Dembele, and then straight away knew it wasn't going to happen and moved on to Jota. And their fans are happy with it. The fact is that we don't do that. We kind of stick around thinking we can get a deal done. Look, we we did it with Leicester last year, but still ended up paying the price. This year, the problem is we had two weeks left. Sorry, series going off there. Um, but the, the problem is that we had two weeks left in the transfer window last year. This time we left it to the last week and it's it's too late. And this is what I've been saying for for weeks now is if you keep it going to where it's the last two weeks of the window, you're not going to get a deal worth 120 million done. We've, we've been doing this for seven years now, though. I mean, even back to yeah. when Fergie yeah. left, we, we did it with Fabregas. You know, we were chasing him all summer. We were very we expensive. And, and then we ended up, yeah, and we could have got him for five million cheaper a couple of months before. Yeah. Like, it's an absolute joke. But, it, but, it, but that's the thing. That's what we haven't been. Like, this is when people ask me, why did you have any faith in this board? It's because you take those first three years where we did that. We, we chased Fabregas. We chased Bale. We chased Sergio Ramos. Uh, we chased Gareth Bale again. And then the next year, Tony we chased Cruz Gareth Bale as well. again. That was Tony agreed. Cruz. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were running after our own shadow for three years. Uh, but then over the, next, over the last three years, we, we seem to have somewhat gotten, our, gotten somewhat of our crap together. Crap together. Um, you know, Martial was the last player that we signed after the first game of the season. So that was Jose, thrilling, mate, to be so fair. So when, when Jose Mourinho came in, he said, I want my I want my deals done done quickly. Zlatan was signed July 1st. Uh, Bailly, I believe, was the, Bailly was signed before that. Mkhitaryan was signed quickly. Pogba was the same situation as this. Uh, you know, in May, everybody and their mother knew he was coming, and Juventus dragged it out, but he was brought in before the, before the start of the season. Uh, a year later... Uh, Lindelof is signed pretty quickly. Uh, and then Lukaku drags on. Um, but again, Lukaku signed before the first... Lukaku played preseason games with us. Uh, and then, oh, okay, then 2018 happened. So then you look, all right, what happened in 2018? You, you realize we didn't have any money to spend, but they act, they did sign Fred and Dalot and Grant pretty quickly. We just didn't have money to spend. Well, I've got we, a question for you, quickly. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, this is going to take it to a different tangent, and you're going to disagree with me on this. I'm getting flashbacks and vibes of when Jose Mourinho was going into his third season and the board thought, you know what? Okay, you got us a second. We're not quite sure about you. We're going to pull the plug. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has missed out on in the last year, not even last six months. Jude Bellingham, first choice. Haaland, first choice. Sancho looks like it, first choice. Grealish was first choice, but the price was a lot. That's that's. Imagine if all four of those players are in United's team right now. They'd be challenging for the title. And so what? What's he going to get now? He's going to get Dembele, probably. Because apparently now, this listen to this, breaking news. United now are looking to buy him for 60 million euros. They're agreeing to what Barca want. And they're not going to go and do a loan. And this is oh, a problem. Like, who, who makes these decisions? And when you look at the data, look, Usman Dembele, when he went from Dortmund to Barcelona, he was up there with Mbappe in terms of his ability and his reputation. And if he even touches and keeps fit and touches that potential, United have a heck of a player on their hands. And you know what? Actually, losing Sancho, as much as it hurts, wouldn't be that much of a difference because Dembele can be 
absolutely phenomenal. But his injury record says otherwise. But you okay, so he'll get Dumbele. Um Triore is not coming till January. Pelestri is 18 and he's what? He's probably not he's gonna go into the under 23s. He will get some minutes near the end. You've got um Cavani. I think Cavani is a very good signing, but I expect he's probably gonna end up starting at right wing. Or someone's gonna get shifted out to the right. You've got Greenwood as well. I think Cavani's an excellent signing. Tellez is an excellent signing, but Mate, look at the centre back as well. We're, we were a mess the other day, but whatever anyone says, I'm, and this is not even Ollie's fault. Uh, Jamie Jackson has just said Usman Dembele is off. Conflicting reports. Some are saying we're going for the going to go and pay sixty million euros. I hope we don't. There might be sub, but the point is that United under Jose didn't give him his top targets targets because they pulled the plug. Are we seeing the similar thing at United? Because Messi Pochettino is waiting in the wings. His shadow is growing larger and larger. I know you don't like this, but it's the truth. Like, Poch is there. And Woodward likes Poch. And it's been confirmed by many Man United journalists. I've spoken to three or four. who've all said Woodward loves Poch. That doesn't mean that Poch will be better than Oli. But the point is, Woodward, how did he get rid of Jose? Uh, sorry, out of how did he get rid of Van Hal? He went and spoke to Jose four months before he got sacked. This is how he operates. A guy that acts like this over transfers, the way he operates, how you like you can't trust someone like that. Do you not feel like there's a slight negativity that's going into the season where Solskjaer's been left out hang out left to hang out to dry? They don't want to spend all the money on him because next summer, when we finish sixth, they'll have Pochettino in there and then they'll go and spend 200 million. It's very possible it's happened once, it could happen again. You said this a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't completely agree with it because. For two reasons. One is because, as I just said, in 2018, we didn't have the money. Like, we we really couldn't do anything. And, and Mourinho was suggesting deals that would have been really bad long-term, the same way that Osman Dembele for $60 million would be a long-term bad deal. That's one where it's like, okay, we didn't get our guy, but don't get a guy for the sake of getting a guy. Like, which is why Dembele on loan, fine. Dembele to buy him, let's let's not go there. Then you look at what happened yesterday, and it's like, I, I, I buy into it a lot more now. The difference was Mourinho made it a bad situation. Mourinho went after the board and everything and, and acted in a way that you cannot act. Solskjaer hasn't been doing that. But yet, I get exactly what you're saying in that they are hanging him out to dry. And they are, and he needed it. He, like, it's one thing to look at a player. Like, like let's look at Thomas Party, 45 million, very available. Yeah. Would he be a good off. signing? Would he, would he be a good signing? We probably have different opinions on that because you could ask, where does he totally fit in the team? Like, we need X player and is is party X or is he Y who, you know, has X traits? Jaden Sancho is exactly the player that you need. So you literally just go to your board and you say, we need a player with these traits. And the board goes, okay, fine. Like, they go to their analyst. Find me a player with these traits. It comes back Jaden Sancho. And they not getting him is just unacceptable but then to go out there and just sign other players for the sake of signing they other don't players fit. they're not they're not similar players that's right. that's the problem isn't it that's but that's scouting but, or but is now that... when, but now when you bring up Pochettino like there there's a lot of questions going after yesterday and my biggest question is what like where do you go from here because let's say and you could argue that maybe the players aren't listening to Ali anymore and they've, they've tuned him out. And in which case that's a, that's a problem. And, and Ali's lost the team and, and maybe you got to make a move, but most of these players are the same ones who just did that to a manager. Not, not even 24 months ago. 
And yeah. they have 100%. no reason to do that under Ali because Ali gave them their chance and they were successful under him. So but leopards they... don't change their spots, Paulie. Right. So, so you make a move. Who's to say that they're not going to do that to the new guy in 24 months? It's a very fair and, point. Yeah. Very, very and, fair point. And then you look at, you look at Pochettino and Pochettino can come in and I, and tactically he's not so different from Ali. So for the players to grasp Pochettino's style won't take long at all. Uh, and I think he could do wonderful things with this squad. I think he's a really good manager. The question is, like we know, Pochettino knows this because he studied Sir Alex Ferguson and he found this out the hard way at Tottenham. Every three to four years, you got to refresh faces in your squad, whether it's the backroom staff or your squad. Do you trust Ed to be able to do that? What happens in, in two years if, if Pochettino goes, well, you know what? Bruno's not aligning with me anymore the same way he did with, with Ericsson eventually. And he starts to shun Bruno and leave him out because that's what Pochettino does. He did it with Alderweireld also. He's done it with, he did it with Kyle Walker. Uh, he leaves him out. of. This. Do you trust that Ed will be able to move Bruno or whoever that player is out and be able to bring in a new player? And, and it, record, no. Yeah, it just goes back to what we've said before, like that right at, at the very least right now, like with Ollie, you know that the direction of the club is, is in the right, is heading in the right way. And it's scary to think of where we will be if Ollie leaves. Is that enough to keep your job when, if the team isn't performing on the field, it shouldn't be, but like what, you know, if you keep going, unless you bring in a director, like Ed Woodward should not be the guy to fire Ollie Solskjaer. That should come from a director of football. If yeah, you bring in a director of football tomorrow and he says Solskjaer's not the guy, fine. Because at least then you have somebody who is thinking long-term about the club. But in, if not, you, you might be just condemning yourself into the same mess two years from now. Except you'll have $60 million of Osman Dembele eating at your team and I, I, putting you in the same financial situation. It's fantastic, mate. Paul, you make some fantastic points. I, I actually don't disagree with anything you just said there. What I will slightly disagree with, and I'll come to Kieran for this, and then I'll come to you after Mark. What I slightly disagree with is, um, you know, I understand Edward should not be the one making those decisions because he's not qualified. At the end of the day, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer wouldn't make the decisions of, like on the finances. He wouldn't say to them, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. So why are there football, uh, non-footballing men making those decisions? But at the end of the day, it's a results-based game. You live and die by your results. And at the end of the day, the way we started the season, and I don't want us to go forward, Kieran, and let the season pass. Let, go to Christmas and it's another mess. How many seasons have we done that? We've done three seasons out of the last seven where it's just run away from us. It happened under Moyes. It happened under uh, Jose. And, and, and yeah, and it could happen again. You know, this season, United need to act fast. I'm not saying Oli needs to go, but the point is, if you don't think he's a man, if you're going to hang, leave him out to dry, I'm sorry. By the time it comes to October, if there's one or two injuries to that midfielder, the front line, United are done. They're done for. We've got PSG, we've got Arsenal, we've got Chelsea coming up. And how can a big club operate like this? How have we? How can anyone be allowed to operate like this? And until the Glazers go, I'm sorry, nothing changes. We could bring in the best manager in the world. And I do agree with this, and he won't win anything at, at Man United. Of, of any substance like what can what can you do and then when you're seeing that they're going to put Usman Dembele in instead of Sancho that is not good enough mate yeah look I've always maintained that the problem at Manchester United while it starts with the Glazers it goes to Ed Woodward because he's the one that eventually makes a say on who comes in as manager and 
how that happens. And the way he's dealt with it over the past seven seasons has been ridiculous. The fact that he has... I don't even care about the Mourinho one because look, Mourinho lost the dressing room. That was his fault that he got that he got fired. But the way that they sacked Louis Van Gaal, even if they didn't want him, was a disgrace. You sacked him while they were celebrating an FA Cup win. Have a little bit more class. Wait till the season is over and then bring in the next manager. Yes, while Solskjaer and I've said it so many times that he's not going to be the manager that's going to win you many trophies in my opinion because i think he was brought in to like i said fix the culture and to kind of improve the squad overall and to be fair to him i think he's done that there's problems defensively but you look at the squad that he took over compared to now and it's he's left in a better position hasn't he yeah for sure and that, and that's, that's, that's an objective that's, for me i never yeah. expect him to win anything I, I he had to come in like you said culture reset and he had to fix the squad the, the barometer for Solskjaer for me of success is has he left the squad in a better place than when he got it? Yes. But for but for me, that's what any manager should be doing. Yes, it's good to you need to be winning trophies, but every manager should be leaving that club in a better position than when they took over. If they do that, they've done their job. Even though how successful Ferguson was, he, he was able to do it. Obviously, it was over a longer period of time, but you look at every other manager. Did any of the other managers really leave the squad in a better position than when they took over? You could probably say to a certain extent in certain areas, maybe Mourinho because of the first couple of players he brought in. But again, he left, he left the squad where there was so many players there that were unhappy and that... To a certain extent, I think Solskjaer has already said what their personalities were like and he needed to get them out of the club. You don't see that with United now. Look, yes, I think the board lack a bit of ambition because, as you said, they have not backed the manager on the players that he wants. If they did, the likes of Haaland. Um, look, Bellingham went to Dortmund because he knew he'd get more games. I don't blame... But Haaland chose Dortmund too. Like, and yeah, United pulled no, out no, of that no, deal because no. it was a bad deal. Yeah, but it's, look, the way, that, but it's the way they did it, though, Kieran. It's the fact that, you know, United, they spoke, he spoke to Solskjaer. Dortmund had a three separate meetings where they had tactically set out how Haaland would play. They spoke about his strengths and weaknesses, where he would be. And that's a proper football club. Yeah, We're losing but, talent to Dortmund. I know you go to Dortmund. Look, Bellingham, I knew, was going to go for more game time. But the point is that United completely, they... Look, it's same with Klopp. Here's a Disneyland for adults. When he told, it's a joke, mate. Like at the end of the day, Man United Football Club is seen as one to get a quick buck, and Solskjaer's changed that in the culture. When you he brings a player in, you know that they're going to come in, and the players he brought in, every but that goes right out the window oh, if you bring in Osvaldo that, that, that but yeah. no, 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 hold on. But that that worries me. That if Solskjaer's gone, does that leave? Does but we that know that he will. But we know and, that he will, and, and that's the problem. Yeah. If you are so quick to get rid of Solskjaer, look, I was as pissed off as anybody after the match yesterday. I never turn off a United match, and that was the first time I've ever done it because there was nothing. The players gave up. So really, what was what was the point of watching? So for me, I just think that at a certain point that you have the club needs to show some ambition. They need a back to manager. The fact that we're probably going to come into the end of today and we're not really going to get a recognized right winger just shows the like ineptitude of people higher up in the club than, than Solskjaer because he's done everything he can. He's improved the team as best as he could. Now he needs to be given the firepower to be able to push on. And for me, he hasn't been given that yet. It, it's Mark. It, it, The fact I'm that we're even having this conversation is 
is a joke, really. I mean, th- three weeks ago, before we played our first game, would you even be thinking of saying uh, Solskjaer isn't the guy? Like, what, even if you say, I don't think, I think Ali is the guy before the guy, you know, he's been here one that, year. That's had, always been my had view. wild success in that one year. So you need to give him year two because you're, you know, in order to be the guy, in order to prove that you're the guy before the guy, you need to build up that team and then show that you can't get them to the next level. He's still building up that team. And the people in charge of giving him the players have just not backed him. So how can but, then you turn around? The, que- the question I want to pose to you, Mark, first, and I'll come back to you, Paulie. That's a fantastic point. He hasn't had a chance to build his team. But the players he's got, let's let's not beat around the bush. 80 million on the centre-back, his centre-back. 50 million on his right-back. 50 million again, or 47 million on Bruno, his midfielder. He's obviously brought in Dan starting. James. Yeah, all quality. Well, Okay, I don't think Maguire is available, but 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 no, but they're all his players. Like he wanted a centre back, he got it. He wanted a, one of the best young right backs around. He got it. He got he's got one of the best attacking midfielders. He's I mean, Bruno's incredible. That side out there, Mark. I'm sorry, like no matter what you can say about not being backed, and I know you got you both in the at the bottom do agree with this, but you cannot go and put your team out to play like that. I don't care match fitness or not. That was a disgrace. And at the end of the day, this result's been coming over the past four games. I know it's four games, but. I am having serious doubts about... I feel like it's going to be a downward spiral. It's going to get worse, Mark. And at the end of the day, you can complain about not being back. You can complain about the owners, but your job is to make the team better. And we haven't... We don't look better. We look worse. No. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, for the performance yesterday, Ollie is absolutely culpable. But what we see... And especially over the last few years, is we do seem to go through a process of two years. Now, if you ask me, I would say an average person, other than staying at a company for 10 years for the sort of select few, an average person will stay at a company, especially in IT, for two to three years. Now, after being at somewhere at somewhere for two years, you're also in your right mind to know the club well enough and to know Ed well enough and maybe kick up a bit of a fuss. So we saw that with Van Hal. I appreciate that, obviously, contacts were made for Mourinho to come in. Um, I appreciate that Mourinho... Um, made it a very distasteful atmosphere, but perhaps he was calling them out. He was getting to that point, you know, the the point of no return where he was quite happy to say some bad things, wrongly or rightly. And I think perhaps now Ollie's got to the point where he's in his second full season um, and perhaps he's he's gone to the board and said, look, I'm not happy with this. And perhaps it does get back to the players. The players are upset. Um, and, and Look at Luke Shaw the other day, what he said, Mark, he... he... Luke Shaw is going to lose his place in that probably now tell it comes in. And even he turned around. I have My respect for him has gone up because, you know what? And yeah, yesterday he absolutely. was the one that came out to the press. McTommy came out to MUTV. Maguire didn't. We'll talk about Maguire in a minute. But Luke Shaw went out. When the players are saying that, that is, that is, that's, yeah, that I, it, situation. It, it, the players listen, are looking around and saying there's no new faces here. We need more reinforcements, even though your place is going to be out, you know, under threat. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think everybody, everyone knows what's going on. When you work for a company, you, you know, you you do hear about the politics and you do hear about what goes on and it is going to filter down. United are, are so in the limelight and in the public eye all the time. Um, you know, players are getting slated left, right and centre. Social media is obviously a massive problem for that. It's going to filter down to the players. So if Ollie's upset, 
that is definitely going to cascade down to the players. And and consequently, you know, you saw Luke Shaw the other day. Fair play to him, actually. Yeah, absolute respect for him saying that. Respect for Rashford coming out on the weekend saying, you know, this was god awful and all of this. We need to improve. Um, but it will filter down. There's, there's going to be at points, and especially through transfers, we see this quite often with Man United, um, it's there's gonna it is gonna create a um, negative environment, and unfortunately, it doesn't matter how much you try and keep out of the limelight away from the players or whatever, it's gonna filter down. Now, I'm not blaming the result of the weekend for that. Oli is definitely, um, you know, culpable for that, and he needs to be able to drill some sort of enthusiasm into the players when we go one, you know, two, one down after scoring first, we need to be able to build that mentality and belief back. But that does not take away that the transfer, listen, they are there firsthand. Okay. We are here as fans and I know we mean a huge amount to the club, but we have been following this thing now for three or four months um, or a little bit less than that. And we are angry and frustrated and emotional. So if you are there firsthand, everyone's going to be aware. And of course, it's going to have a detrimental effect. Even if Luke knows he's going to lose his place, he knows fundamentally that it's about the club and it's about getting competition in. Yeah. And if that pushes him even further, then great. That's exactly what we went we want. And we've said this for weeks. But look, I have two things to say point. here. Hater, you kind of answered your own question before. When you said, all right, he's got his center back, he's got his right back, he's got he's got his attacking midfielder. But before that, look, look, when you listed off the players he wanted, Holland, Bellingham, uh, you know, Sancho. So Holland's a striker. So that what does that tell us? Like it does maybe that Martial was not his first choice striker, and that you know, he was making do with what he had last year. Bellingham, like a midfielder, where that's where he wants. So Solskjaer came in and knew I, I have a lot of pieces. That I need to, that I need to add here. I can't do it all at once. So I'm going to do. Here's what I want. Year one. Here's what I want. Year two. And they haven't given me. It, was, it wasn't long ago, though, Paulie. That it, it um, wasn't just. It wasn't just the way they, the, the way that he set up the team yesterday. You know, yes, he has his players in there, but he also we're missing some spots. And and I have questions about. I've got questions about Rashford and, and Mason Greenwood isn't a, isn't fully there as a right winger yet. So there are still plenty of holes in this team, but what I will say is credit to Solskjaer after this game because he did what a Manchester United manager should do. He came out and said, this one's on me. And this one, think about what Mourinho would have done. He would have, the red card decision? He got out the players. He would have have thrown Maguire under the bus really quickly. He would have blamed that red card. We were down 3-1 before you could blink, and that was not Solskjaer. Pogba messes up a clearance. Maguire's header gets blocked by Bayi. Then Maguire screws up the, doesn't put enough on that, on that header back to De Gea. But that's Shock also on Oli, Paulie, because, you know, at the end of the day, he is picking the side. It's quite clear Maguire's head were, isn't in it. Yes, you are 100% correct about that. But there were, there were, each goal was down to individual mistakes. You know, Maguire lets uh, Kane get that free kickoff where he should have stood over it and, and probably taken a booking. But Bayi switched off also. The whistle blew. Bai should have been backing up to get back in the position. Instead, he just switches off. Sun continues his run, and he never catches him. Then Bai gives the ball up on a press. So it, it was very. It wasn't like we tactically couldn't handle Tottenham. We very much got uh, just picked out because we were sleeping. And I don't know if that's Solskjaer's fault. And then the red card changes the game. But but credit to Solskjaer because he took the blame on that, whereas other managers might not have. Now I will say this: 
every player down to a T has been freaking terrible at an individual level for three games now. Is that the manager's fault? I don't know. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with him and he's the one that has to take the blame for that. Well, where, where, where I disagree with that, I'm going to read out the Green Devils comments. Uh, guys, keep your comments coming in. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Thank you very much for listening. This is awesome. Some great comments coming in. He says, tactics are bad, though. Let's be honest, Josie outwitted him. I wouldn't say that. Look, we we did the show obviously on Ollie's tactics, and he has Jose got a tactical exposed Matic's lack yeah, of pace, which that, is what yeah, we've been there, talking about. That's what I was going to say. So I was going to say that we know we, everyone knows exactly how Jose Mourinho is going to set up. Everyone and every man and their dog knows how they're going to set up. They're going to be obviously two banks of four, or it could even be five as it was, and then they'll obviously have Harry Kane up up front by himself. But what they did so well is we knew they were going to be on the they were going to be devastating on the break. We knew that, and we fed completely into that. We knew that Harry Kane was going to drop deep, and he he made absolute mincemeat of Matic and of Maguire all game. We knew exactly what was going to happen. We know that Luke Shaw doesn't he doesn't. We know that Oli doesn't trust Luke Shaw's pace on the outside. Shaw doesn't trust his own pace. So that, why are they so narrow? We know knew all the problems. He got it so so wrong. And at the end of the day as well, why did it take what till? 20 minutes before the end, because I switched it back on after I switched it off, for United to suddenly show a little bit of bite. And you know when that happened, funnily enough, Scott and McTominay were, uh, Scott and McTominay? Scott and Fred were the two players that actually showed the most fight in the team. And there was no fight at all. Now so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because they're the only two midfielders that you look at that actually have some bite. Have a bit of team. bite and tenacity. Yeah, that's, that's why and everybody Bruno's loved, the other one, but Bruno was off the pitch, wasn't he? That's why everybody loved McTominay. Because at the end of the at the end of Ali's first season with Jose the Jose Mourinho Ali season, when when you had Sanchez and Lukaku playing game after game and nobody was showing bite, McTominay was. And everybody loved that. And you know, and that was made it made him stand out. Uh you know, and it hid the fact that he, you know, lacks some some skill and some quality. So you you need quality players that have that the kind of bite that McTominay has. And you're right. Like we should be asking that. You know, where's that bite from Rashford? Where's that bite from Shaw? Where's that bite from Juan? I mean, Bissaka? Greenwood as well. Greenwood's someone who uh, we'll go on to Kieran here because I want to talk about that bite in that. Look, there's two ways you can look at it. This is a group of players, as Paulie said earlier, that got Jose Mourinho sacked. Jose Mourinho created that situation himself, but they turned on him. This is a group of players who have that in their locker to do that. Yes, we brought in people like Bruno. Maguire's obviously different as well. They they don't seem like those sort of players. I mean, Bruno seems to me that if, if he sees something going on, he'll pull people up on it. As you saw that report come out today, I, I, I messaged a journalist today and he said it's fake news. Now, that needs, to be, that needs to be confirmed. But it would not surprise me if that happened to Bruno. But you know what? If I was Oli, I wouldn't have taken Bruno off. I would have taken Maguire off and given no, Bruno that. and put him back on. Yeah, but look, look, the reason why you can't do that is because the game was lost basically already. We had, we were barely creating chances. If you take Maguire off, you're basically opening yourself up to it being even easier for Tottenham than it was in in the game yesterday. Like we went defensive and we still got crushed. You took off a center back there. Who knows what the score would have been? Look, the problem is, yes, there's there was a lack of bite, but I've I've said it for weeks. There's no bite in that three man midfield anyway. If you think Pogba is going to be the player to come in and show a bit of aggression in midfield, you're looking at the wrong player there. He's more of trying to be that flair player. And look, when Pogba's on his game, he's great. When he's not, he it just doesn't work with him. 
And that's why I said, and I said it beforehand, is that I would have started Donny in that game to start yeah, off. Yeah, I don't because I don't he has because he has say. more he has more aggression than Pogba. And what I said was going to happen is that Spurs are going to come at you really early on. What did they do? They played with a lot of pace. If you had a, a three man midfield with a bit more energy about them, maybe you might have been able to stop some of that. Maybe you would have had Fred or Donny standing in front of that free kick and not conceding so easily, but. To just blame Solskjaer on it, okay, he made a lot of mistakes, especially at halftime, taking off kind of any sort of attacking threat that we had. But you can't only blame him. Some of the individual mistakes are basic errors that professional footballers shouldn't make. And it's but, not... But that's a, no, no, yeah, just after one little thing here. The problem is, yes, I know you'll say that Solskjaer has to prepare players. And I completely agree that because I said because I said that before. But no centre backer, no defence should be making the comedy of errors that happened. That's individual mistakes. I don't think Solskjaer could have done anything about some of the terrible defending in the first kind of ten minutes of that game. I agree with that. That wasn't my point, uh, Paulie. Do you just want to quickly answer to the Green Devil how confident you are in in Sancho? Well, he's wearing a suit, isn't he? <laughs> I, thought so... we, I thought we discussed this at the beginning of the show. He missed it. Mark was the one that all of a sudden became Mark and I bizarrely like switched places. You guys are talking yourself into maybe there's a, another announcement coming in the in the dead of I I night. just feel I like, I have admitted that I was wrong. I just, oh I just my feel, god! Did you just I admit just you're feel. wrong. Oh my god! That is that is a first. I this will be the clip that goes I own my takes. I I hate people that will try to like run away from it. I own my takes. Mark's been taking the shrooms that Paulie was eating before because he thinks it might happen now. No, so everyone, I, I, I will think this what? though, like back in you August when people were, oh, we only do one deal at a time. And I was saying, okay, like you're overblowing things. And and even last week when it was, oh, like they've only signed one player all window. Now I expect that. How am I supposed to expect them to sign three in the last two days? Well, they've done that. So, and I said like, Relax, like they they can move quickly when they have to. It's yeah, but they were for, deal but they're forced into doing that because it's the end of the window. But because the Sancho deal has been holding them up, and then when they finally said, "Well, this isn't going to happen," they moved quickly and they they got those things done. But guys, okay, let, let's not talk about Sancho because it ain't happening. Sancho oh, yeah. will probably that we're not going to talk about Sancho. It's not going to happen. My question to Kieran was. Yeah. Oh yeah, Green Devil. He is in London. Yeah, he's. I think he's at uh, Tammy Abraham's birthday party, and he's. He put up a post on his Instagram. Go and check it on his story. He said, "I wonder if I, I wonder if I break them as well." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, no, look, uh, I'll I'll come to you, Kieran. Then I'll come yeah. to uh, Mark about this. But we talk about the individual errors that this backline seems to make every single week. Okay, and I did say earlier on that United conceded thirty-six goals last season. Eleven of them were individual errors. I think a lot of them could be attributed to David De Gea. I think that's very fair to yeah, say. He made a lot fair. last season. So you take out De Gea made about seven. Okay, that's what four. Okay, I understand that. Look, they're not bad players though. Maguire, I don't think is good enough for you for United to be captain for United. But he's not a bad player. He's not sh- as bad as what he's showing now. Eric Bailly isn't a bad player. Luke Shaw's not this bad. Luke Shaw's not good enough to be United starting left back. But he's not this bad. There's managers out there. Yes, United play a very high line, and that's exposing them. Let's be honest. You can go and say, oh, well, Brighton play like this. Lewis dunks this. No. Harry Maguire, Eric Bailly, maybe not Lindelof. But again, Lindelof's a better footballer than Lewis Dunk because people say go and buy them. No. It's the system, right? United are clearly not playing to their strengths. We know there's a lack of pace in the centre-back and the defensive midfielder position. And all you've got to do, we play such a high line that you just got to go and attack it. And you, that's it. You're going to score a goal. You're going to create chances against United. But... 
at the end of the day, you can talk about the individual errors every single week, but these players look worse and they're not this bad. Wambasaka is not this bad at all, in my opinion. He started, yeah, to, but, I know there's match for this bit, but the point is that these players are not that bad and that has to be attributed to the coaching. The players are regressing. Yeah, to a certain extent, we can say that at the start of the season, but you look at it last year and I don't think that the defence regressed. I don't think that they were that bad. You look at no last year. Saying, about now. Yeah, yeah, but from... this is a yeah, but this is a couple of games. I think yes, it's it's looked terrible, but I don't think you can fully say it's a regression because regression you have to look at over a longer period of time. The problem that I have right now is I think yes, the high line doesn't work. You saw Liverpool get broken apart by Villa as well yesterday because of that the problem is a lot of these teams because they want to play attacking football get it back quick they want the defense playing with a high line and f for the qualities that we have i don't think it works because again look mcguire he's a better defender than Chong. I, I know people don't believe it but you don't realize how much when something's going on in your private life how it can affect you we saw it with jesse lingard yeah, we, we were hoping that what happened in Greece wasn't going to affect Harry Maguire, but it clearly is because he doesn't look, he doesn't look a bit like how he played last season. So yeah, totally look if I, if if I was Solskjaer and you're seeing that this defense are playing this badly, if you have the option, I'd say that first game back when you come back from the international break, you have to drop some players and say, look, you don't get assured of this team. So even if I think I don't think Wambasak is a problem, so I think you keep, you let him continue playing but if it was up to me i would be dropping one or two of those center backs if axel's available i play him you bring alex teller straight in and even to a certain extent with the hair because even though he wasn't that far for some of the goals i still don't think he's been that good especially when playing out from the back he's put our defenders under pressure so i'd be putting henderson in for that first game back as well and saying if you don't cop on these lads will play ahead of you and if you don't start kind of performing when it's when it matters, I don't care what you do in training. If you don't perform matches, you don't deserve to play. I and that's what and that's what I think Solskjaer needs to start doing. Yeah, I, I wanted to say as well that I think he does need to be a bit more ruthless. He seems to tend to. He's very loyal. He yeah. is, but he's incredibly loyal, and that, that's never True a bad fans. thing. But unfortunately, it's you know you can only show so much loyalty. We've seen a lot of mistakes, and and I absolutely agree with Kieran. And I've said this for weeks. You've got to put Henderson in. I I agree with that as well. Yeah, you have said for a while. Two, I mean, I would more on the De Gea, but no, I think you probably need to make a change now. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I know he hasn't really made any. Uh, again, I haven't watched the game on the weekend. Um, fully because I've been moving and I haven't. If you like self harm, then exactly why I haven't watched it. For the sake of making a change. So did did David De Gea make any mistakes? No, friend? I don't think he did. Okay, people fine. people are complaining about the second goal with Son. Maybe he could have done better. No, Mate, but the, the it's, problems it's, were in front of him. Yeah, they but the pro the problem is as well is but, he hasn't he hasn't exactly been the greatest eater because he has put his players under pressure where some of his passes where there's been somebody already pressing before he passes it and he still makes that pass so well maybe in goal on saving a shot he hasn't made a mistake 
but he's putting his defense who are already not, under pressure under about, more pressure. It, it's not just about shot stopping. We've said this for years. Even now, even with the mistakes he's made, he is undoubtedly one of the best in Europe for shot stopping. But a goalkeeper isn't always about that. It's about everything else. It's about commanding your box. It's about you know spreading the passes out. And, really. and and he doesn't. He makes those mistakes too often. Kieran's absolutely right. And, and the modern he, modern he, game. Requires you to be more than that, guys. Like at the end of the day, David De Gea used to be amazing shots. But I'll let you come in after Kieran, and then we have got to yeah. move on to the next topic. But you know, he was the best shot stopper. But that has declined as well. Now we had the same issues when he first joined. He couldn't command his area. He was he was he was weak under the high ball. These are all problems. Now the modern game requires him to play with the ball out the, from the back. Personally, this United side, this centre back pairing can't do it. This United team is not good enough on the yeah. ball yet uh, at the moment to do that. So Oli needs to change that. He puts us under unnecessary pressure. The day that Southampton... Yeah, lost, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The day that Southampton did, uh, exposed us after the restart is the, is the day that everyone now knows how to play us. Have you not noticed that? Since yes, no, we, I agree with that. That since we... People... Sh uh, since Hassan Hutal showed that we couldn't play against high press, every single side has done it. And the problem is that the manager hasn't changed it. We spoke about this the other day. There is a plan A. We know what it is. But the plan B, there is no plan B. And that's where I'll, I'll come to you, Paulie, first, and I'll go to Kim. But there's no plan B. And there's a few comments here. I'm going to read them out. I haven't read them out. I've just been putting them on because the discussion has been great. But guys, keep them coming. There's some great ones. Like Saraj, hello, mate. Uh, May night should go all out and hire Nagelsmann. All these same players will look great because the system is based more on structure rather than individual abilities. Look, that I'm doing a podcast on Wednesday with two very, very good guests. We're going to talk about if United did go a different direction, Ollie, which managers would they go for? So that'll be out on Thursday. So make sure you like and subscribe because that's going to be a fantastic one. I'm going to read out um, here as well, the Green Devil. There's a big difference in a manager and a coach, and all these players need a coach. Liverpool, Wolves, Leeds have a coach. That's a fair point, Paulie, isn't it? I'm not. No one's saying Oli's bad, and that's the thing that annoys me. The people that go in on him. There's a section of the fan base, and we all know who we, we, we're talking about, guys. There's a section of the fan base who genuinely re reveled in the fact that Mourinho beat their own team. They absolutely reveled, and they're waiting for it. And that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that Oli Gunnar could go on to be an absolutely fantastic coach in the future. But right now, the way he where he is in his career, he's still a novice. You have to remember that. Maybe the job came too soon. He's done a fantastic job to turn the club around to where it is. There is a cultural reset. Anyone that says there isn't just has an agenda. I'm sorry. I'm going to say that. But at the end of the day, Man United need a coach. These players need to be coached. There needs to be more... There needs to be more patterns to play. There needs to be more system. There needs to be a better system. There needs to be a plan B. And there isn't one at the moment. And we saw that against Spurs. We were very lucky. What happened against Spurs should have happened against Brighton. We won that game. I'm not saying we weren't improved. Definitely, there's so much. And we, we've seen what level we can get to, Paulie. But it's worrying. And you've got to sometimes turn around and say, you've got X amount, million, 100 million on the pitch. That, that needs to be better. When you look at Bielsa, who's got less. Yeah, there's a lot here. I mean, you say like nobody's saying that that always not a coach, but that's exactly what the Green Devil was was saying. And for this is what doesn't make sense to me. For everybody that looks terrible this year, and it's and that's everybody. Martial had his best year last year. Rashford went to a new height last year. Greenwood came into the team and scored 18 goals. Aaron Juan Bissaka was improving from day one all throughout the season. Like Fred went from can't play in this league at all to being one of our best midfielders. Matic went from, it looks like his career is finished to being one of our most important players. Like that comes from having a coach. Like the coaching staff is the same. So like, have they suddenly lost their ability 
to to coach i i i can't imagine that's the case or have they hit this have they hit the ceiling doesn't it boil down to the fact that a pre-season again i know we've spoken about it recently but yes we and no, that, that's huge that's a huge yes, miss yes and, and no. still man city is still bad wolves are still bad we'll still suffering how can you expect us to go on and hit heights it's weird i said this huge. yesterday like it's weird because you could tell that this club have lost out on time that is spent in the preseason on the pitch, working on their tactics and their system. It's it's obvious that they've missed out on that time. What doesn't make sense is it's the same damn tactics as last year. It's the same system with the same players. So why are they so lost? But you talked about it before, the high line. The high line last year didn't expose us. Like McGuire didn't lose his pace. He had no pace last year either. Solskjaer had a way of hiding that. Uh, and part of that was Matic. But this year, Matic and McTominay have been – Unable to hold their position in midfield and have just been letting lost, doesn't it? Yeah, they've been letting players just run at the back willy nilly, and that it doesn't matter who your center backs are. If if you do that, you're you're not going to do anything. And and you're right. Like I, since the Southampton game, teams have come onto us, and it's really it's it hasn't exposed us because we did actually play really well against Southampton. We handled them. Martial and Rashford were unplayable that day. They couldn't finish. And it was only when we took Pogba off that things started to really go bad. And we would have been, we, we, were, we were very much outplaying them for the first 60 minutes of that game. But since then, teams have realized, hey, just go and press the hell out of Pogba and he's probably going to give the ball away. He's too calm with the ball. And I think that's, the, it's not that Pogba doesn't protect the defense, but he's been too careless with the ball. And when, and to be fair, when Bruno has dropped into midfield, he has been just as careless with the ball, but that's causing problems because you only have Matic next to you to protect. And like Matic can't do it himself. And he's a year older as well. Yeah, Paulie. You know what? I think and, the biggest mistake and, if, is if we didn't get a defensive the, midfielder. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You guys keep talking about the center backs, but like for all the reasons you keep listing reasons that are, that are midfield reasons. Like, if we don't protect the center backs, it doesn't matter who our center backs are. We we were able to hide our center backs last year. Fine. We didn't go and replace them. And we didn't necessarily need to replace them on Yamatic, but we needed to, to sign someone who could spend this year backing up and adapting to the Premier League and be ready to go next year as, as Matic's replacement. And we didn't do that. And that's going to be the bigger calamity. Yeah, but you're talking about protecting the center backs. If the center backs were good enough, you wouldn't have to protect the center backs. That's Every the team thing. in the world no, needs to be protected. I, yeah, I, I think you need an element. Uh, of let, let, Kieran, let Kieran expand this point. What I will no. say to that quickly, Kieran, is that yeah. I, I agree with that. Look, the center backs, the way United want to play, ideally, this is what Oli wants to do, right? When we spoke to Phil Brown, Kieran, they want Pogba as a six, and he wants to play Van der Beek probably as an eight or a ten. Does him and Bruno will swap. That's the plan. Now, you can't play that with, but you can't play that with that those centre-back pairing. Now, if you put Ubuakana next to Maguire, maybe you could because on the break, there will be pace and players good 1v1. Now, the problem is that this is my biggest problem, Kieran, and we said this before, that Oli has a certain style of play, and we know that. We've, we've spoken about this in our last in our last podcast, right, that we did, the tactic one, and we said this. Oli, Oli bought a centre-back that's slow as anything who he's not very good 1v1 <clears throat> and he's bought a right back when he wants his fullbacks to attack he's bought Teles, but he's bought a right back whose weakest part of his game is attacking now they're both signs that ollie wanted now <clears throat> i know we're going back to sort of 
let, I'm going to go two-part question. I know we're going back to sort of, you know, him getting backed, but why should the owners give him more money when he spent 100 and, what, 30 million on two players in defence who probably haven't, they've improved us, but they're, they're not worth the money. And the second point I'm going to make is, and, and no, no, hold on. And then going on to the defence in terms of why do you think that, you know, the centre-backs have to be good and defensive midfielder doesn't matter as much. Well, it's it's not... I'll go to the second point just there first. The defensive midfielder, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but we're talking so much about hiding the centre-backs or hiding Maguire and hiding the faults. If your two centre-backs were excellent centre-backs, you wouldn't need to be hiding them. You wouldn't need to be having to bring in all these players. We've used Fred, we've used McTominay, we've used um, Matic as that defensive midfield role, right? And there's been games where they've literally sat in front of that back four and yet still get exposed. The reason is because once they get past the center, def the defensive mid, the center backs aren't good enough to go one-on-one. -on -one, and that's an issue. Your defensive midfielder isn't going to be there to scoop up every single ball that happens. Your center backs need to be able to defend. And if they can't defend properly, no, I don't care if we had the best defensive midfielder in the world that they weren't going to stop that first goal from happening yesterday because the defense because the center backs completely messed that up if your center backs aren't good enough it doesn't matter who's in front of them because re realistically yeah. that wasn't the center backs trying their best though that was the center backs making mistakes it wasn't like they tried their best there and they yeah, were like oh we're just not good enough to do that those were mistakes we yeah, know but, they're better than that yeah but if you keep making mistakes it's hard to keep trusting them so it, it doesn't matter in in that sense right and that, that's the issue for me. Going back to your first point on, on backing Solskjaer, while I don't agree that, obviously I, I agree with the Maguire not being worth 80 million. I don't agree with the Wambasaka one. I think... No, I, I like Wambasaka. I, 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 I understand yeah, the, the reasoning behind it. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Like like I said before that, yes, he wants attacking fullbacks, but Wambasaka is still young enough to where he can improve. And defensively, I don't think you're going to get a much better one-on-one -on -one defender on the right wing or at the, at the right wing back or right back position than Wambasaka. He's obviously now brought in Tellas, who he's used his left back more than his right back at Molden early on to attack. So you've seen that this is the style of player he wants to bring in. So that's an excellent signing. And I don't think people realize how how important that Telles is going to be because while he's has a great shot, while he can cross, while he's fast, the one thing that you see from him is he's sprinting from the first minute to the 19. He doesn't look tired. So I don't think you're going to see what we saw with Luke Shaw where he's getting beat from the outside. So you have, I think you're fine at the right back and left back for now. The problem is going to be until we sort out that centered that center back partnership i don't think things are going to get better to the point where we can say that we'd come for second or third because we've too many defensive flaws the problem that we had last year was that everybody else was crap as well well we were too so if somebody is anyway consistent there's no way we're going to finish for a second or third we need to yeah that, and that's the main problem that i think we're going to have this year yeah, I'm going to go over to Mark before we move on to the final topic, guys. It's still on the defence, but I'm going to read out a few. Mark, you go first, Aaron, then I'll read out a few comments. Um, I think just on reflection of what you guys have said, uh, first of all, I think um, both your points are valid about a DM and a centre-back. I think it probably shows that actually both of them are vital and probably we need to get 
both of them this summer really i didn't think it was as exposed it, it wasn't as as a highlight for me about a centre back as it has been probably in the last few weeks and i think paulie would agree with me with that you know from our defence last year as i said earlier um it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a, alarm bells for me um we know that matic can't play two games and obviously now that he's been exposed by tottenham essentially and maybe a, a couple other teams where you've got a bit of pace and can run at him he might struggle a bit more and perhaps that's also a, a major thing um a couple of things i just want to say on a more positive note really um Tellez I'm really happy with I know that it's taken us weeks to get him um we needed that left-sided competition um hopefully it now means I mean to be honest as soon as we knew Cavani was going to be signing we were absolutely crying out for a left-footed um, left back that can whip in balls and give the crosses that he does because that's going to give us another dimension now. So I'm really, really pleased with those two. Um, I saw some comments earlier about Cavani as well. Um, would he be another Ibrahimovic or would be another Falcao? Now, um, I, I, well, this is obviously more hopeful than not. I really feel that he won't be a Falcao. And I think Falcao came back from a life, uh, a career ending. That's exactly too it, much Mark. Corona going around. Sorry. Yeah. A- ACL, um, Mark. That's the thing. People, this is a problem, isn't it, Mark? One, one, two things people do. One, they compare to Sanchez. Oh, he's old. And uh, I know Paulie's got this thing against old people. Apparently, when you hit thirty, you decline. But um, you obviously Piles have piles of evidence to back me up on that. <laughs> but you know, you have to up this, up that is, and it's the same evidence that you, the the analytics department that you praise Liverpool for having, they're sitting on that same pile of evidence. That's fine, but they also bought Tiago. So yeah, you know, so they did. That's that's okay, their window so. is now. Their window is open. Like our window isn't open yet. Tiago wouldn't make sense for us. Tiago made so much sense for us, mate. But anyway, that's another conversation for another it time. We'll talk about it. But two, two things, two things, Mark. One, you, they go, oh, he's going to be like Falcao. Falcao, like you said, ACL. He came unfit, and he was unfit at Chelsea after. He's never hit the heights. The second, and that was an ACL. I know Cavani's had an injury; it's a hip injury. The second thing is they compare him to Sanchez. Now, debunk that for me because Alexis Sanchez. You, what's the only thing you compare it to? Okay, big salary and over what? Over like nearly 30 over 30 like they're just not comparable at all and this is a problem we've signed a, a potentially it could be a very true signing and people are complaining about it um yeah i i think that that's totally incorrect okay so whilst it would be wonderful to get in 22 players 25 players that are all under 25 no experience comes in with them now Cavani he he is a world-class striker his injury wasn't as bad as an, an ACL um, and unfortunately, he's been dethroned by three arguably wonderful strikers and they're trying to play a different system now. Um, he comes in with a winning mentality. He's a very good player. And this isn't a replacement for Sancho or uh, Dembele. This is just a total... Oli needs to... They were talking about getting a striker in the beginning of the window. This is not by any means a replacement for either of those two. This is just another dimension to give us a bit of experience, a bit of leadership, something that was very apparent at the weekend. We have absolutely zero leadership apart from Bruno yeah. and one or two others. He's going to come in and be at... I tell you, he, he will come in and he will give them a piece of their mind. Yeah, and we need players like that too. We can't just put all our eggs in one basket with young players that are, you know, talented and but they've got no leadership and experience yeah you have to learn that from somewhere that's not something that you just come in with yeah 
Um, so I'm really pleased about him, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with everyone who says that it's it's a, an expensive signing. As I mentioned to you at the beginning, he was on three hundred and ten thousand. I'm sure he had. I know he's on two hundred k. I'm sure he had interest from a lot of clubs. If you have someone like Cavani that can come in and be a backup or even a starter, you'd you'd snatch their hand off. Okay, so the fact that he's gone from three hundred and ten thousand to two hundred thousand a week shows to me that there probably is a little bit of loyalty there. Yeah, we've got we've got a two year deal for him, um, which is actually a one year deal which can be broken at any point, and and I think that's a wonderful one. Tellers, we needed him. I think he would he is exciting and you know what after reading his comments earlier about the club um he's he you, you know when someone comes into your club and they address an interview with particular words and phrases and that sort of thing i think you can pretty much pinpoint the ones that are coming in for the club and know what it means and i appreciate he hasn't even started yet but bruno did the same yeah, um, a few other players have done the same as well. And I, and I really feel that that will be a good sign. And we need someone to get forward, get some crosses in. And ultimately, he's not as good as Luke Shaw defensively, but going forward, he's brilliant. And we've lacked that. And I appreciate Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the other side needs to get forward. But as you've all said, one-on-one, one on one, he's he's phenomenal. And, uh, and and he will only get better. What a great, great... That is, that is fantastic, Mark. Mate, yeah. the passion, positivity, look... Not everything's doom and gloom. I know I've been a bit of a moody bastard for about the last three days. <laughs> That's because as soon as United got tonked 6 1, I had to do a podcast for two hours. And then yeah. this what morning I had to do a podcast that? at 10 a.m. Huh? What was that? Whose fault is that? Yeah, yeah but he, he uh, thought look, he was mate, going just, in out of a wind. Mate, it's, so. it's just a demand, you know. I'm just getting like people are just asking all the time. No, I'm joking. Yeah, it was my choice. But um, look, Kieran, I'm going to come to you quickly about Cavani because I know you won't have a point. And I've got a question here from me and Paulie, which I'll ask. And then at the end, we're going to talk about Mengi and Tunze because I've got a few points I want to come around. So that'll be another 10 minutes, guys. If you've got any more questions, yep. We will, well, we've got Send a few in. here now. So we'll, we'll start, we will take, take yeah. some of your questions. But let Kieran go with Cavani first. And um, then we'll answer some of your questions, guys. So get them in. We're happy to answer as many as possible. We could go for another 20 minutes if everyone wants us to yeah. go for that long. If not, it'll be another 10 minutes. Okay, go. Yeah, so basically what I want to say is just based on what we were saying, how people are comparing them to Falcao, some, that guy from Sky Sports comparing it, that he's the coming in for Lukaku is just ridiculous. I think the expectations on Cavani is a little bit different than what we had for Falcao. Everybody expected Falcao to come in, lead the line straight away and be the main striker because of his name. Cavani, in essence, is taking over from Igalo because Solskjaer can't trust him to play anymore. And we've seen it that, well, he had a great few games at the start. He's just not enough anyway. <laughs> but, but look, I think people are getting this wrong. Like, Cavani is there because, and he's only there for really two years. If it doesn't work out the first year, there's an option for that second year anyway. Basically, I think United are biding time before they end up signing their long-term striker. I like what Pauly said earlier. Believe that I don't think Martial's a striker that Solskjaer wants. In that's not the style of striker he wants. He comes too. He comes on. too much. He, he wants all too much. Yeah, yeah it doesn't he go wants on. A strikers run. going. Yeah, he wants his strikers going in behind them. Which <laughs> is funny. Such the last shame. Yeah, it's such a last... shame, isn't it? Because he's fantastic player. Right? It'd be awful fantastic to player. see him go yeah. for anything. Yeah, but he's hot and cold. Kieran, yeah, but he? see, the the problem for me is, I don't care how many people have to fight about this. Is Martial's not a striker? He's a winger. 
And when people say what's his, no, people say what's his best trait is dribbling. Okay, where do most dribblers play? But but what about his yeah. finishing? What yeah, about you know, his finishing is his best trait? You want him close uh, to go. He's the best finisher the club has. To be honest, he plays mm. he plays off he plays off a striker. That's where he'll be best. He still plays centrally, but he comes yeah. deeper. But you can't do that when we're playing with Bruno as number ten. You have to change yeah, the system. He's, he's but, not for me. He's not a striker. That's great having brilliant finishing, but. If you don't get the chances one on one, it doesn't matter if your finishing's good because you're not going to get enough chances to score. And by the way, Greenwood's the best finisher in the club. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, he is. But okay, he guys, is. we've got Sorry to move on to some year. of the questions. That's good <laughs> what I will say quickly. Okay, before well, let's do the questions, and I want to talk about yeah. Mengi and Tunzebi because I've got a little bit of a thing to say about that. Yeah. Asoko Emmanuel, question for me and Paulie. What is a fix for the midfield? They all seem out of their depth and it's beginning to look more than just like fitness. Okay, I'm going to just debunk that quickly. Uh, then they're not they're not all out of their depth, really. Look, fitness does play a part. I'll tell you what the issue is at the moment. This is my opinion on it before I let Portly have uh, the floor. Matic is definitely... One thing, he's old, so it takes him a bit more time to get back to that level. But he's definitely had a little bit of a decline. I think it's pretty obvious to see. He just looks completely different. And that's on the board for not going and getting... Look, two players on the market, Upamakano and Party with a cost of 100 million euros. We've gone and spent, sorry to say, 30 million euros on an on 18-year-old winger from Atalanta who it cost him zero to develop him, who's played three appearances. You could have got Party for a little bit more. You could have got rid of Smalling and brought in Party. It's a joke. Like, that's this is a problem. And that's not on Oli. That's on the recruitment. Now you bring it, bring him Upamakano, and you bring in um, Party. You can get away with not buying winger. So going back to the question, what's the issue? Fitness is one of them, but also Paul Pogba is so woefully out of form that he shouldn't be playing. And Bruno's just having one of them seasons, I think, at the moment. What do you think, Paulie? I'm looking at Asoko's comment and the comment he makes afterwards about the right wing. And Answer you did, one. yeah, you did a very good job of briefly describing it. I would. We'll be here for a half hour if, if I describe it. It's a question for another day. Hater and I are doing a special show this week. We could address it then. I, I want to stay on topic here. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Well, then, let's talk about let's talk about the winger then, the other comment. Hold on. Let me get it up. What do you think about the right wing? Absolutely gutted. We're not getting Sancho and Dembele. I don't think Mason is ready for that responsibility yet. Too much for him. That's a fair point. Make, he's not ready at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, he's been found out, which was predictable that it was going to happen. Uh, you know, he's going to do a bunch of step overs, try to get that ball on his left foot and and fire he's, away. He's not a right winger. He's, he's not. A striker. And, he's a striker. Yeah. And you saw it against Brighton. As soon as he got the ball, like teams have figured out how to play him. As soon as he got the ball, four guys converged on him, and they just left Mar uh, Rashford and Maguire wide open. So the next element of his game that he needs to develop is when he gets the ball, he needs to be able to make that pass. And he's eight; he's nineteen now, like you know, and he's a striker. That's not something that should that you know I would have expected him to be doing already. So that is what he needs to work on, and that's you know the natural evolution of him to go from where he is to being an act absolute bonafide star is to develop that because if if you converge four guys on him and he quickly dishes that ball off to Rashford and Rashford's wide open and puts it in the net that happens two or three times you'll stop having four guys converge on you so right now it's his contribution to the build-up and everything is still just minimal that's the area he needs to develop 
And he's young. It's, it's going to take time, isn't it? But he yeah. shouldn't be playing week in, week out. We know that. That's what happened to Wayne Rooney. That's what happened to Michael Owen. And they burnt out by 30. And United are at risk of doing that. I know it's, you know, that's obviously just making an assumption. But he he can't play week in, week out. It, Ollie's, Ollie's played them really well, though. He's he's managed him fantastically. And it, unfortunately now, Dan James is a dud for me. He's he needs We need yeah. to sell him. And if you're getting 25 million, you sell him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the issue with Greenwood, though, is and he's made it so that it's hard for him to get dropped because after the lockdown, if anyone was saying who was going to score a goal, it was Mason Greenwood. So if you had that one chance, you'd want it to be to him. So, yes, there hasn't been enough depth there to actually take him out, but also he's kind of forced Ollie's hand in those few months that he doesn't deserve to get dropped. Now, the problem is, yeah, he's not a winger, so he should probably be playing up front. And if 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 I'm being honest, I'd probably you could probably even put him and Cavani playing in the same side. You're you're yeah, right. You're right that after the restart, he made himself undrawable. One hundred percent did. But his last performances dating back till the end of last season, he hasn't anymore. Um, and Hater's right. You know, Dan James hasn't exactly done anything to merit getting back in there, but. Yeah, he gives you that one chance you wanted to fall to him, but you know who else was like that? Ali Solskjaer and Javier Hernandez. And, you know, those were players that if you were going to get one chance, you wanted it to fall to them because they were going to put it in the net. And when Greenwood comes off the bench, like he changes games in that way. But until you can contribute to the rest of the game, it's hard to be out there for the full 90 minutes. Well, guys, we're going to do one more question. There's a few from Soraj again. Paul, you've got a little bit of a fan base here. He's know, asked right? you two questions. I, question I should, I should how get buried be- more often. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So dark. How do we <laughs> consistently beat teams that depend deep? Uh, Soraj, me and Paulie will, are going to do a show just with me and him. He he wants to do a show. So that will probably be on the show, and we'll answer a few more of those questions. And we've got a few topics because me and Paulie, we agree on a lot of things. We also disagree on some final points. But I'm going to come to you, Mark, for this. It's from Mimic. Thank you for your comment. Do you think that the board is banking on the investment of young talent, for example, Hannibal? And you actually look at the players they've brought in. They've done some fantastic recruitment in the lower, in the you know, sort of in the academy and, and below. And bringing in older players like Cavani and slightly older players like Tellez to paper over the cracks. Mark, what's your opinion on that? Um, I mean, firstly, I'm not going to be able to give a very good answer because I, who knows? But... They are very big on their recruitment process with young talent. It's always been like that in over generations with Fergie. So, you know, as you mentioned earlier, with Nicky Buck coming into the fray um, and him and he sort of spending some relatively big money on some decent young talent, then perhaps that is that way of looking forward. And that's something that they will come to. Um, I'm not sure that they're papering over the cracks. Listen, I, I want to be as positive as possible. I am just as gutted about Sancho and everybody else as much as everybody else, okay? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like to think that, as, as you said and mentioned a couple of times, I do feel that Oli is starting to bring in the right players. Unfortunately, it was never going to be an immediate thing. We've been, we've been recruiting really, really badly for seven years. That was going to catch up with us. And I'm not saying it's an excuse now, but that is evident that we have recruited awfully and we're now trying to play catch up. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. This so, is why it doesn't make sense. Like, Sancho's the perfect marriage 
between the business interests yeah. and the football. It interest. does not make sense. I, I, I still don't understand if I need to... I've got Jamie Jackson coming on tomorrow. I wasn't meant to announce that, but I'm announcing to everyone. Jamie Jackson's coming on. Not you, James. Jamie. The uh, the B-Tech version. You're the obviously the uh, <laughs> main, the main man. So don't worry. I'm not I'm not obviously casting your side. But he's coming on tomorrow. We're doing a live show 8 p.m. I'm going to go in on him because I want to speak to a journalist and be like, this ain't good enough. You know, as United fans going in and saying, why has this happened? What's going on behind the scenes? Why? why? There's the lack of communication as well, Paulie. You know, one interview... Last point we're going to make on this because I've got we've got to move on. But last, um, the, the last time that the Glazers made an interview, they did an interview to the fans was the day that they bought the club. Now there's just no accountability. Like we don't know what's going at all. We don't think, and that's that's not good enough. I I agree with you, but what like the the yesterday, Karen tweeted something about you know it's good to have the fans angry because then they still care. It's really bad when they become apathetic. And that's the thing is I'm, I'm based, I'm apathetic about the Glazers at this point, because you're right. Like, same, you know, it's not good enough, but what am I going to do about it? I can't buy the club. And unless they sell the club, they're not going anywhere. Like they, it, it's their club. They own it. It is, it is, they can run it how they want to run it. And all right. I understand that they didn't use any, of their own money. Uh, they managed to get people to put up money for them that, you know, it wasn't without risk that they did that. They, they, the risk wasn't on themselves, but they got people to take risk for them. Holy, holy. Yeah. With the amount of interest and questions you begin to start, I reckon you should start a GoFundMe and I reckon you will be able to get enough to buy it. But so like, one that, you know how much money it would cost? You know how much money? I own one chair of Manchester United. I'm losing money on it left and right because we didn't bring in Jaden Sancho. And, and it's clear the club don't have money. Um, you know how much money it'll cost them? Like, it'll cost to buy Manchester United because no matter the, the beauty of, like, what their thing is, is even if we do stink for a while, as long if, if City and Liverpool are, are staying really good and people are tuning in to watch City and Liverpool – the money for the club, it's the value is tied up in the TV deal. So as long as, as long as TV networks all over the world are willing to pay to broadcast the Premier League, United's value stays sky high as, as long as they stay in the Premier League. So they will sell the club now for when we if, get relegated. That's the only time they'll sell. If they sold, if they sold <laughs> which the is club, not going to happen, but yeah, no. which, which by the looks of it might, might happen in a couple of years. If they sold the club tomorrow, it would be worth a lot more than they paid for it 15 years ago. Of course. Of course. And as and James, myself so and James. Thing, as long as that value stays stays high, like they don't care. And I, it, it sucks for us and it's not good enough. But, you know, what can we do about it? Nothing. And myself and James, we've spoken about, um, he's saying it far too much money. Look, four, it'll probably cost 3.5 to 4 billion. United's too big to sell now. Genuinely, the only people that can buy well, it but it's no, not so much. There's only people that can buy that. Saudi princes, and let's be honest, I don't care what anyone else says. There are a lot, of, a lot of questions on, on, on the ethics. Yeah, the yeah that's what that's my. I, I would genuinely that would be a problem for me because you know I've got like family that live in the Middle East, etc. I, I know exactly what they do. So for me, that's it. No matter how much I love United, that's it for me. And people can say, well, the, that's um, rubbish. It's football, or, but that's how I feel. Like I've got or, or you know, take a family, family possibly, or no, um, that's that's not happening. No, I know. No, that's, but that, yeah. that's the sort of wealth that you'd be looking at. No, yeah, yeah, you need someone that's... And they're not going to sell because they're making so much money from it. It's a cash cow. That, well, that's the thing. Even if somebody raised the 3.5 billion and wanted to buy it, that doesn't mean the Glazers are going to sell it. 
because at the end of the day, it's they not so much that... They would probably be silly too, really, wouldn't they? To be honest, they're making like, way too much money. Like, yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, what's the point in doing it? Because think about it, even bigger avenues to get or bigger streams to get money into the Premier League will start to come in. So they'd be stupid to to sell now. Premier League is getting bigger and bigger worldwide. You see it in the in the states the last couple of years with all the TV deals that they've been getting. So why would any owner want to sell a Premier League club right now? It it doesn't make financial sense. So even if somebody came in at five billion, they they may not even sell it because they don't have to. It's not so much that if somebody comes up with that money that oh the club's getting sold, that's not it. Somebody could come in and pay over the odds, and they could still say no. Yeah, well said. Guys, we've got to move on. Final question. Mimic, you must be reading my mind, mate, because this is exactly the question I was going to ask the guys. Will Oli be reactive to the Tottenham game and we see Mengi or Tunzebi starting versus Newcastle? Hopefully. Hold on, hold on. Guys, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It's been a great show. We're back again on Wednesday. We're going live. We're doing a collaboration with All for United. So make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button on Elite Football Show. Follow the page. Follow all the at handles. I mean, you can't really see Paulie's. You can just about see it, but it's all right. He's, he has, he has, uh, you know, sort of some strange, strange opinions that Sancho's going to start. No, I'm kidding. He's a great guy to follow. He still but thinks. Like, yeah, he still thinks. So, yeah, I'm not that's why he's wearing the suit. He's the best man for the marriage between United and Sancho. But um, look, what I'm going to say about this, and it's a, it's that's the question I'm asking. I'll start with you, Kieran. Yeah. On this. How can a club the size of Manchester United be pinning their hopes on Mengi, who's 18 or 19 years old? You know, we're talking, we, we pride ourselves as being as big as Bayern Munich and Barcelona. And this is nothing against Mengi. I, I, I want to see him play. But how unfair is it that we're all we're saying on Twitter, oh, just play Mengi, just play Mengi. When does a centre-back come in at a top club at the age of 18 and slot right into you know, centre backs take time to peak, in my opinion. And the second question to that is at the end of the day, the other one is Tunzebi. He's injury prone, he's a fantastic talent, but these are two players that you're expecting to play at the highest level with the highest pressure at one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in the world. This, that in itself, just outlines the problems at United. Well, yeah, to the first question you asked there is why is this happening at a big club like United, it's happening because the recruitment in seven years was absolutely shocking. And the fact that the defenders that we're left with right now, and we're all saying that they're not good enough, were all brought in over the last couple of years in Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire. That's a lot of money. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how much Bailly and Lindelof were, but it's got to be over 150, 160 million on three centre-backs. And we're all saying that none of them are really good enough to be starting for Man United week in, week out. I've all, I'm always going to be a fan of Axel. I think he's an excellent player. I think if, yeah, he, if he can fix whatever has been gone wrong with him now, by all accounts, he's fit and they were holding him back after the international break to give him a chance to train with the squad. He's been training um, just with the coaches. Um, there's no reason he shouldn't be starting against Newcastle. I think he's the easy one you you lay down a message, you, and like I said earlier, he's not fit. You, he is fit. Well, now, like, is he? Is, has he been back in training yet? Yeah, for two weeks. He's oh, just, okay. yeah. So he's been training with. He just hasn't been involved in kind of the practice games because they gave him no chance. Sit down, Paulie. Yeah. So he's he's not like so he's not injured anymore. But the whole what has been coming out around the club is that they were giving him until after the international break before he would be involved in games again. 
which makes sense because he probably wasn't going to start and then you have another two weeks. So there's no point rushing him back after being out for four or five months. So that makes sense. But if he's available to play the game, I think he needs to play against Newcastle. You have to be able to bring somebody else in. Um, when it comes to Mengi, look, he has all the talent in the world. Like like you said, Hayter, it's difficult for an 18-year-old to come straight in unless you're a special talent. Um he might be one of those that you might have to do a Greenwood and you have to put him in in certain games, but he has to start getting involved in these. Um, so that's that's the big issue. The only time I think I remember a player coming into a big side and playing well from the off, and while he didn't come through, the club was probably Rafael Varane for Real Madrid when he was 19. Yeah. He came in at 18, and then at 19 he was starting for Madrid, and he was excellent. Okay. He I mean, it's uh, yeah, but he, but he was, but he was at United when he was when he came through, and he yeah, wasn't that he, great. Yeah, but he didn't play that much that year. I think he made like fifteen. I think so. I think he was a bit older though. I think he we're, was a bit older, but he it, it was like he went from being our number three that didn't play a lot, and he went right into that Barcelona side and immediately became PK. Yeah, ex- exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I think mengi probably needs this year to play a couple of the games and then next year he should be fighting for a spot to start alongside for me hopefully it would be axel but again the way Solskjaer has been doing it, it's probably beside mcguire i mean to answer haters question like how could a team like this be now relying on twanzebi and and Mengi? they're not we are we're the fans we're calling for change because uh we're seeing our defenders be a little bit poor right now i think you guys are being uh, uh, poorly they've been these defenders we've known since the beginning of last season that okay maybe mcguire last week being like well bye. yeah like, that's bye fine yeah i'm calling for bye i'm calling for bye he's better than lindelof <laughs> like it's, you're doing it out of desperation it's not because bye is good enough you're right, doing it you're, also, you're calling you for bye just because you're because being, of our uh, options you guys are being a little unnecessary you guys are being a, not unnecessarily but you guys are being hard a, a little harsh on mcguire who like let's let's re fresh Maguire's history. Um, McFeelin at, at Hull saw this kid play and said, I need to have him. Uh, he goes to the Premier League. Hull go down. Lester said, I need to have that guy. Then Gareth Southgate, when choosing his World Cup squad, said, I need to have that guy. Then Jose Mourinho, who needs a center back, says, I need to have that guy. And then Solskjaer says, I need to have that guy. There's a lot of, um, play- um, There's a lot um, of managers. Pep, Pep, Pep said the same thing. Pep said the same thing. There's a lot of managers who said, I need to have that guy. I think we're talking about right now, though, because Maguire, like I said, his head's before, not on straight. There yeah, his head's not on That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying now. I think, look, overall, he could come back if he can get his head sorted out. That's why I think he needs a break. Yeah, that's I think playing, I agree playing, with that. From the he needs to withdraw from, from the England squad because the way they handled Greenwood last month, you don't think they're going to put Maguire right up in front of those those reporters to answer questions about Greece. Like, withdraw from the England squad, have a 10-day break where you just recharge, don't think about football, which is what you were supposed to be doing in Greece, and then trouble found you. And that's not – I'm not blaming him for that, but the mental break he was supposed to be on didn't happen. And, so and apparently they, the club now, told him, apparently, guys, we've got to wrap up. I've got one more question I'm going to come around with. But, guys, appara- from when I spoke to Rob Blanchett yesterday, he said apparently Maguire came back and Ollie was like – and the club were like, you need to take some time off. And he, he went and straight he into training. No. So he this is where Ollie has to come in now and be like, look, Harry – you're still my captain, whatever, but you need to take some time off. Your head is not in the game. You're exactly. causing, and you're, and that's fine. I'm happy with that because at the end of the day, I still want Maguire next to a top centre back, a better yeah. centre back next to Ricardo. That's what this, I want. I, other, I'm not saying other, to replace Maguire completely. Thing, 
the other thing is when Mourinho signs Bai and then he signs Lindelof, and then a year later he signs, or he says, I need another center back, and the board rightfully look at him and be like, we just signed you to. And then Solskjaer comes in and says, no, this is the guy. I need this the same way he is saying that about Sancho. I need Maguire. Pay what it takes for Maguire. To then come back a, a year later and say, oh, no, 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 I need another center back. The board, especially if they're business people, will rightfully look at him and be like, what? The, like, why are we buying center backs every other frick or every freaking year? Like, you keep asking for one. But, but also, Polly, on that point, on that point, you have to understand as well that the board don't understand this from a footballing point of view. Pep Guardiola went and bought 450 million pounds worth of fullbacks. Like, you yeah, buy players, they don't work. City, no, but hold, like, hold, because... hold on, hold on, hold on. And, and, Cop did the same with his goalkeeper. He went and bought a £60 million goalkeeper after Karius didn't work. A Mignolet didn't work. I know he was there before. Like, this is what happens in football. And the problem is the board don't understand that because I there's not football men to go to this like, You could buy a player and he could be, he could be, you could think he's going to be really good, but he's not. And then there's nothing wrong with asking for another centre-back. Obviously, I, if, you're, if you're four or five centre-backs down, then yeah, there's a problem. But, I agree with that. But if you have financial handcuffs because you've made so many mistakes... Like that's, and you're, you're dealing with, again, if we had a director of football, it's a different story. Maybe that director of football goes to Joel Goyser and says, no, 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 we do need another center back, but you don't, you have business people. So convincing them that we need to buy a nut, we need to spend another outlay on a center back is not going to be easy. Yeah. Okay, guys. Last question. Look, we've gone hour and 32 and I know Mark's got to rush off. Okay. Last question. It's Ahsoka again. Guys, thank you so much for all your comments. It's been a great show. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Some some love in the comments as well for us. That's really great. I'm going to start with you, Mark, and then you can rush off. Given the window arrivals I've had, coupled with the questions over Oli's future, you're neither in, Oli in or Oli out. Where do you honestly think you, we finish this season? Sixth. Okay, you can go now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So me. I'll wait. I want to hear. Okay, well, uh, I'll, is that I'll, an unacceptable answer that you were like, you can go now? Hey, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. We, we've still, I know it's late. We've not heard a thing about Sancho today. Now, Look, I am. Mate, I, no, 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 just let me finish. Just let me finish. <laughs> just let me finish. I am more hopeful than anything, and I appreciate it might not be happening, but we've got two and a half hours left. Let's really wait until 11 o'clock, okay? Whether yeah. we get someone in or not. But um, currently, you're wearing a suit next show because you're having your funeral as well. Oh, absolutely, that's, I, I will do that. I will do that. Okay, so I'm going to say it as well. Look, honestly, after Arsenal have signed Party, I don't think that much. I don't think that that much better. But they will challenge now because they've got a very good player sitting in front of that defense. Uh, look, I think I said United to finish third. They're not going to finish third. I think they're going to go. They're going to finish fifth. If I'm being honest with you, um, I think Everton are going to get into top four, and then. Tottenham probably will, and then it'll be City. And I think Chelsea will finish below us, and I'm going to carry on with that. Kieran, your turn. Fuck yes, I'm going to go third. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to... I said it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not just going to let a couple of games change it, because I think a lot of teams are going to be very inconsistent. Look, we've seen Everton be great this year. We've seen... A couple, we've seen Arsenal be decent, but really, the way they play doesn't really represent kind of the points, I think, that are on the board. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very similar to last year where whoever comes third and fourth are probably going to end up on pretty low points again. Because again, the way it shows teams can't defend. We've seen it in the first couple of weeks in the Premier League. Why am I saying that we're coming third? I have no idea. I'm just. Hey, you, you can wear your suit at the end as well for your funeral at the end of the season. 
Well, maybe it'll be me. Well, I've I've said that. I'm not going to wear a suit based on Sancho, at least. I've said it for the last, whatever it is, four or five weeks that I don't think this is going to happen because we're leaving it too late. I'll wear one. I'll wear one. You may as well. Uh, Look, I think I drew a Jonathan here. I think Ollie will be sacked. Uh, We've got Holly here who's a Spurs fan. Be kind, kind, guys. She's been on the podcast before and she's... She's a top Spurs fan. Nice to see you. Uh, don't, we'll see in a year's time how she's feeling. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, I need to do a show with Holly because it's been a while. We did a show just when rest- the restart started and we did a preview when it was a 1-1. She thinks Ollie will be the first one. So, like, I think I think I agree with you. Not It's not all his fault, but at the end of the day, look, he's he's got... I think Scott player. Parker is the first one. Sacked. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, Paulie, I'm going to go to you quickly, quickly, quickly. Where do United finish at the end of the season? I don't know. I'll, I'll, go I'll, manager. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Oh, if Pochettino's the manager. They'll they'll finish in the top four. I still think with like the thing is as bad as they've been, Solskjaer's earned the right to fix this because we did start terribly last year and he fixed it. And the ultimate thing is, does he last the season? I genuinely don't know. But that's you know you're setting yourself up to fail if if you fire him because you are the reason that he isn't achieving what he can achieve but that's our board mate they, yeah, they that, take no that, accountability that that's a different conversation for another is, time the board has sabotaged him and if they if they fire him they, they they're the ones that sabotage him it is their fault and who who's coming in i mean you, they're gonna do pochettino the same will come in, but like but maybe yeah. pochettino has a think about it and says you know like why should i trust that you're not going to do what you did to van gaal and jose and ollie to me you but know, to be fair, Dan Levy did it to him, so he probably doesn't care. Mate, well, Daniel Levy looks like a saint compared to our ownership. Put it this way. Last point, guys, because we've got to wrap up, is that been making so, last Jose Mourinho is getting... Jose Mourinho, I know. Mark's got to go. He needs a poo. Jose Mourinho <laughs> is... Um, Jose, <laughs> Jose Mourinho is getting backed better by Daniel Levy than he was at Man United, a club with more money. And that, that says it all. That's, That's not true. Point. No, no, that's what I'm going to make. You can talk. We'll talk about this right. on our show That's it. That's it. I'll meet you all. I'll meet you all. Okay. So last question. Saraj, just a request to me. Can you focus on the tactical show? Funny enough, we did one the other day. If you go into onto our YouTube page and you'll see it, it's called um, Tactical Lowdown. It's myself, Paulie, Kieran, and a guy called Carlson. And we talked about Ollie's tactics. We really broke it down because we wanted to debunk the theory that he has no tactics. And Holly's got one last comment to do with Poch. Levy has some stuck something in Poch's contract so he can't join the Premier League team from X amount of time. I think yeah, I that agree. Expired, Probably, that expired yeah. last yeah. May. It was, it expired it was last in May. there in May. That's yeah. the type Look, of thing Le- Levy would do. Le- Levy yeah, would do, wouldn't it? Absolutely. It, it guys, thank you. No, 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 guys, we're done. Thank you very much for all the comments. It's been a great show, honestly. I've had great fun. I'm feeling very relaxed. I don't know why, because, you know, we've got two hours left of the window. Probably because we're two, not signing Two hours, Sancho. 20 minutes to get Sancho. Two it's hours, 20 minutes to get Sancho. hour and a half. Uh, you know what? It would not surprise... No, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. I was going to say... I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me. No, if, don't get into it. Don't get into it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Otherwise, you'll be having a funeral as well, and I'll be here by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Thanks, guys. Honestly, you've been awesome in the comments. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe. I will be getting Holly on as well to talk about this horrible, horrible game at some stage. I just need a bit of time, so I'm not going to do it yet. Um, so, yeah, guys, look fantastic show have a lovely evening hopefully when we speak on wednesday we will have not jim don't, don't nice <laughs> we'll have mark in the suit cheers guys take care bye-bye